and welcome to this week's On the Spot. I'm Zach Strickland here with John Paul Hampstead. JP, welcome back to the office for a minute. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> glad to be back, even though we are, of course, practicing appropriate social distancing. Social dist I think our chairs are actually a little bit further apart this week than they normally yep. are. I think yeah. so. How, how, so. You hanging in there? I, I mean, we've been, we've been here all week. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's a fascinating time. It's the first time I've been out of my house in a week, so <laughs> yeah. glad to be here. Yeah. That's good. Thank I, you. I'm still alive. Thank you for that. Uh, right. So, yeah, so we've had some, uh, you know, every week is obviously got so much going on with it now at this point in time. You know, we're, we're entering a, a period of, I think we're starting to, you know, essentially peak out. Like, things are getting, we're still on that upward tick in terms of coronavirus cases, et cetera. People are shutting down. We had a bunch of layoffs. Yeah. Uh, begin this week, unfortunately. Right. Even though we do think that those are temporary uh, by nature to the to that extent, but there will be some longer running impacts to all this stuff. But amidst all this, the freight market continues it's on a tear to show robust resilience to yeah. all this. And and again, our our, our tender volume data is it I, as shocking to me. It is still increasing every day at a faster rate. So, so what are we at, like nearly 24% up year over year? Yep, we're about 24% year over year at this point. Uh, the tender rejections are all the way up to 15%. Uh, so we're now, we're now into Christmas level tightness. Um, yeah, and like sort of, you know, take what you can get on the spot market, like everything, get, you know. Yeah, and the, but there, this one's a little bit different, whereas this is a consumer product-driven demand. And that's, again, that's something to note because you have had the auto manufacturers shut down, a lot of industrial production, which was already struggling. Uh, but the fact that we're seeing this huge increase in freight volumes, largely driven by the consumer product then, has increased it even more while these other industries and sectors have fallen off. So. Right. That just goes to show that we are in a, uh, an extremely robust consumer product. In general, I mean, even though automotive is going to be really weak, obviously, just because of all the different supply chain issues and, you know, th those supply chains have to be sort of um, functioning like a well-oiled machine for auto production to right. be profitable, right, and to not be, like, delayed and randomly shut down and on and off. Um, so those factories are down. But... Um, the rail data for industrial products looks normal seasonally. Um, you know, I just driving into work today, you know, I noticed that active construction sites, I think those sorts of workplaces aren't being shut down. People that are in the open air uh, typically working, you know, with decent amount of space in between them, sure. things like that. Um, all of that is still going on. But um, to your point, this this volume rally is definitely being driven by refrigerated loads, food and beverage, CPG, and consumer staples. Um, it's great. It was great news. I thought that the FMCSA extended the hours of service um, waivers to include the raw materials that go into um, the products necessary for Corona uh, relief. So we'll get things like bulk grains that are going to uh, food processing plants, things like, um, you know, kind of raw paper products, maybe moving from, say, Georgia Pacific to right. uh, a toilet paper factory or something like that. All those are now included in um, the HOS exemptions, which I, I think is really positive and can keep sort of uh, lubricating the supply chain. 
Yeah, I, I think it's also something that people are concerned about out there is the fact that, you know, so far the truck drivers have not been impacted by this whatsoever. They're they're on the road rolling through things. You know, we had the issue with the well, truck stops. Uh, there have been, yeah, there's the truck stops that, you know, there's a little bit of confusion about that. Uh, do you know what the most recent sort of decision in Pennsylvania was around those truck stops? I don't they, know the... Sorry, we should say rest areas, right? Yeah, well, they the rest areas are open. It's the truck stops like the TAs and the pilots and things like that that were shutting down because they were concerned about being flow-throughs for, you know, spreading the virus. Uh, so they finally said, hey, you guys have to stay open 24 hours a day because these are the guys, you know, these truck drivers are the ones that are out there moving this freight that we have to, we have to move it. And they simply cannot just drive for 24 hours to destination. Yeah. Um, um, okay, good. So we haven't seen, you know, that supply side get impacted, you know, in terms of drivers. We've heard, I mean, honestly, talking to brokers, um, in in my network, and then also there was a really good uh, uh, post on the Transplace blog by Frank McGuigan that kind of said that they are seeing some LTL carriers being uh, hesitant to make deliveries in New York City, um, certain zip codes where there have been a lot of coronavirus infections. And you, when you think about LTL drivers, you think about you know getting in and out of the truck a lot per day. You think about inside deliveries and things like that. These are, these are multi-stop loads. These are 12 to 15 stops a day guys that have to go in and out. The most exposed in the driver population. Exactly. So you're seeing a little bit of um, pushback from from that uh, side of the market. And, and it, to me, you know, I, I wrote earlier this week about how uh, the spot market was pricing in coronavirus infections. If you look at places like Seattle, San Francisco, LA, uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, or Newark, um, if you're a truckstop.com guy, um, even though those markets don't have like terrible volumes, um, prices going inbound are going up a lot. Really? Um, yeah. So like the brokers I was talking to are saying that like in, inbound West Coast is like horrific. Um, wow. That's... And and it seems like it's not justified by like the actual freight characteristics of the origin right like it's not justified by the fact that like there's nothing coming out of the west coast it's it's because of the well, virus they, and they just shut down california uh the government there so all non-essentials are are sent home at this point um, right but we have noticed something to your point though that the you know there is some early signs that the volume may not be you know as robust in the near term because we're seeing volumes drop out of los angeles yeah, uh, Los Angeles, yeah. Ontario, the two, you know, the largest outbound freight center in the United States. If you combine those two markets, and you know, well, I think I think part of the LA thing is is also just the 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 lack of like imports finally catching yeah, up to it. That's exactly right, and that but that's concerning in the way that we're maybe be running low on inventory mm. uh, in certain yeah. sectors, oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, so if the inventory runs out there, I mean. You know, we ha we still have places like Atlanta, Dallas, uh, the volumes Chicago. are still on the rise. Chicago hasn't Chicago's been yeah. hasn't been as strong to respond. Not like a Harrisburg or Atlanta. Again, we're comparing like, you know, white hot to just orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's not like it's been dead there, but it has been, uh, you know, not quite as active as you would think, especially in Chicago. That that one somewhat surprises me. So the question I have for you, Zach, is when. Do people, you know, it's an interesting thought experiment to try to figure out when does 
the massive like food buying like slow down or stop? When do, when when does that like stop driving um, this this volume rally? So I mean, again, this is not an all food driven rally. The reefer uh, loads didn't really take off until later in this cycle. This has been driven. Majority of it's been driven by a dry van freight. So it is largely consumer products and, and things like that that are moving. Uh, some of it's probably uh, finagling in warehouses as this was just starting to hit. Well, although we should say that um, when we talk about like shelf-stable food, a lot of that can be dry It can be dry van, yeah. like macaroni and cheese, yeah. Kraft macaroni and cheese, one of the biggest staples, the pastas, of course, rice, all that can be dry van stuff. So there is a lot of that. Um, but I think that we will see eventually people will have so much toilet paper they will just not have room for it anymore. Now, right. does that mean that we are going to go through some form of, you know, rubber band snap? You know, when this happens all at once? I mean, in my mind, we need to account for as long as this thing is on the rise, that's how long it's going to take for it to come back down. Um, right. So right now we're in week two and a half or so. The interesting thing about the food buying is that um, I think that even after the initial surge calms down, I think that like grocery store volumes are going to kind of reset at a, at a much higher level than like normal for two reasons. One is that um, the average American eats one out of every two meals um, in a restaurant yep. now. Um, that's getting going to be like maybe one out of every eight, one out of every nine. Well, restaurants are effectively not, shut down. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you say, say you include like takeout. And maybe you're eating, um, you know, two meals a day in takeout instead of one, almost one meal a day. Um, so you're going to eat a lot more food in the house. And then all the, if you're in a place where schools are shut down, all you have kids in the house who, instead of eating at school, they're going to be eating at home. Um, so you add that in. So I think that, like, you know, obviously the restaurants are in a kind of a historic challenge right now, but. Grocery store volumes, even after the initial surge fades, are going to reset at a much higher level um, than normal a normal period. See, I, I think that that's, I mean, we're still, you're going to lose all the commissary freight. You know, Cisco uh, just announced they, they had a huge layoff. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they serve all the restaurants. Right, so right. We're going to trade food systems, exactly. people like that. Yeah. So we're going to trade one for the other, yes. in my mind. Yes. So yes. I'm not so sure that we're going to have a higher level. I mean, it's, again... We're it depends on your your mix of customers, Correct. and it depends on what what kind of business you're in. But um, if you are delivering food to grocery stores, that's obviously going to be a big. That's probably yeah. one of the that's only safe places. Medical supplies, grocery stores. Here over the next four to eight weeks, it's going to be pretty robust. You have any kind of? I mean, also uh, household cleaning products, those kinds of accounts. If you have those, those those should be good. Um, you know, I wonder too about like outdoor hobbies, like uh, like as we get into like gardening season, and like if you move like all that seasonal freight, if they didn't get it in before Chinese New Year, it ain't here. So that's 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 probably going to have a pretty big. I'm thinking about like live plants and stuff, like from like nurseries and like like are people going to be at home and bored and want to like like get some sunshine they will be to a point so i think we're going to go through this initial phase where e-commerce is robust we're getting a lot more orders and i think that'll still remain higher than normal for a little while especially if as people are still at home and again the big elephant in the room is this unemployment rate yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean eventually that will have 
a noted impact on everything. I think that's why everybody is so concerned. And again, even though they may be temporary unemployment levels, I mean, we can't sustain it. You know, I think we've seen a number thrown out there such as 20 percent uh, unemployment rate, which I, I, you know, is probably on the high end of, yeah. estimate, of a, estimates. But if we break through too high of an unemployment rate, we're really talking about a people lot of getting freaked out. People stop buying everything. Yeah. And that's that's an apocalyptic scene in my mind. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, hopefully, I mean, the, the federal government seems to be um, kind of bought into the severity of the crisis. Um, it seems like, I don't know, it seems like America, uh, we always, we're, we're always caught kind of asleep at the wheel and because we're a democracy and like the politicians can't really like take unpopular steps ahead of public sentiment. But once the public is kind of behind everything, they move really fast. Um, so I'm hoping that the kinds of things that they're doing for the banks, small businesses, um, payroll tax relief, all those sorts of things will kind of uh, mute the impact. It's, right. But, you know, again, it's super hard to see, super hard to tell what, if any, kind of uh, seasonal effect there will be on the virus um, in well, any case. Have, I mean, they have noted that the virus does seem to thrive in that 30 to 50 degree latitude which does indicate that it may have some seasonality to it. So here is the, as the temperatures start to warm up. Hopefully we do see some level of mitigation there in terms of spread. Uh, I mean, what do you think moving forward here in the next, say, what do you think this place looks like in about three months? In, in your three mind? months. Three months, three months. So we're, um, we're right now we're in March. Look toward June. I think that uh, virus, uh, new infections will have slowed materially. Um, that will be on the other side of it, that people will feel a lot more optimistic, that um, it's going to be, I think that the way the supply chain will reactivate will be, you know, as as movement restrictions and uh, sort of restrictions on gatherings are kind of lifted in an uncoordinated way in different geographies and different companies that you'll see, a, it's not going to, like the way supply chains reactivate is not like, Everyone across, you know, upstream suppliers, manufacturers, transportation companies, receivers, and consumers all show back up to work on the same day at the same time. Right. And it just goes back to 100%. <laughs> right. It's not like that. Um, it tends to uh, reactivate at the pace of the slowest link. Yep. Um, so it's going to be a slow grind back up, I feel like. Okay. But um, I believe that once we have a handle on the virus, once, we, once everyone knows that we're turning the corner... I think um, you know uh, businesses and financial markets and individuals will just have a lot more confidence. Well, a lot of people do agree with you here in the second half of the year. The second quarter does appear to be one of the one of the most concerning quarters yep. of the year. I <laughs> hope you're right for all our sake. Well, that'll do it for this week's on the spot. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and stay tuned to Freightways for any more updates on the current coronavirus pandemic.